Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome everyone and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. And as always, I am none other than your host, Arlena. If this is your first time, welcome. If not, welcome back. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits. Because I know at this time of the year... A lot of us might be still grieving loved ones or we're just missing some of our loved ones who normally we are used to having during this time of the year. So heartfelt prayers. And as always, before beginning, I'd like to start by giving all honor, all glory, and all praises to Father God Almighty, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, because without them, I am nothing. We are nothing. However, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, including this podcast as well as this podcast episode. Yes. I'd also like to take some time out real quickly to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening, whether that's by hitting play or just download. I do hope and pray that the episodes have been a benefit to someone. And I'd like to take the time out to just say thank you. God bless you. And also, real quickly, I would like to say thank you to the person that purchased the scripture writing plans. I think it was sometime last week. And not just that person, but everyone that who has done so. Thank you and God bless you. And I do hope and pray that, you know, they can be a quiet time tool to spend some time with God. Trust me, um, quiet time is something that is just so precious. I enjoy spending that one-on-one time with the Lord. Sometimes just pulling the Bible, you know, um, doing a deep dive. I love my deep dives. Oh my, I love when I can do a deep dive. I really do. But let's be honest. I don't always have the time to do a deep dive unless it's like during the weekends. But sometimes even in the lighter stuff like the verse mapping, the soap method or whatever different type of Bible study method out there that you use. And scripture writing is something that is so wonderful. And actually for 2024, God's willing, 
I am going to start by writing out certain books of the Bible. So I'm going to start with some of the short books and just sitting down in the evening, you know, with a nice cup of tea, whatever the dessert might be, a nice journal. I already have my journal. I had it since about a few months ago that I was supposed to start, but my goodness, it's just been so busy. And I've already ordered my pens that I'm going to be using for this particular project and just sit down, you know, at my desk with a nice candle and of course my Bluetooth speaker somewhere in the background with some nice soaking worship instrumental music playing or a Christian podcast or a sermon and just get lost in the pages of God's word as I just take my time and just write and allow that word to just marinate into my soul, my heart, and my spirit. So yeah, so that's what I will be doing starting January of 2024. So yes. So today is Friday. Does not feel like Friday. Yeah, I'm off. So yeah. So don't feel like a Friday. (laughs) But yeah, today is Friday, December 29th. Wow, we got two more days before the month of December is over. But not just the month of December, the year of 2023. And you know, we have to give God thanks that at least he has allowed us to get this far. But I also hope that he allows us not just to get this far, but to come out of it and to enter into the other one and also to keep going straight through the next one, you know, and my prayer is that we might live out the full days that God has intended for each and every single one of us to live, that our lives not be cut short by the enemy and his children in Jesus name. So yeah, once again, today's Friday, December 29th, 2023, where I am at the temperature is currently 58 degrees and it is currently sunny today. The last three to four days, it's been cloudy, but today it is sunny. So the sun is coming through my windows downstairs. And of course I'm upstairs recording, but I can see downstairs. So it's a beautiful sunshiny day. And I love those sunshiny days. But either way, whether it's raining, snowing, as long as it ain't a hurricane or tornado, I'm okay with it. Because, you know, if God woke you up to see another day, that in itself is a blessing. So, yes. The time now is currently 11.22 a.m. A little abnormal for me. Seeing that oftentimes I record in the wee hours of the morning or in the late evenings. But yeah, so today I decided to take advantage of it and get it done early. Because yeah, I still have like two more that I have to put out. So yes, I am currently sipping in my cup some white tea with some cayenne pepper, uh, some turmeric, 
slice of lemon, apple cider vinegar, and of course I also have some zero calorie sweetener as well as a cough drop. So yeah, so that's what's in my cup today. What's in yours? Okay, so yes. I hope that you were able to catch my last episode on my recent series that is entitled The Sins of the Father, The Curse of the Sword, The Children of King David, Part 1, which featured Ammon and Tamar. Now, the research for part two has been completed, but it has not yet been typed up. So as soon as I can get that done and recorded, hopefully today, if everything works out, because there's a lot I got to do, we can get that, you know, edited and uploaded. It'll be out there. So part two, hopefully will be ready to go. Hopefully, at least by, I would say, Sunday, maybe Saturday, but we'll see. But anyway, today's episode is going to be about Christian history. And this is the second part of my ongoing series that I spoke about in my last episode. And the title of this ongoing series is Blood of the Martyrs, which is based on Christian history, as well as it is also based on the Book of Martyrs by John Fox. So this is going to be part two. And in this episode, we are going to once again, take a look at more of the lives of some of God's most faithful servants who served faithfully and died for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is episode number one, four, zero. So sit back, relax, go and grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage, depending on where you're at. And join me back here in a few minutes as we get started. So I'll see you in a few. Are you looking to spice up your quiet time Bible time with the Lord? Well, guess what? I might just have the right thing to help you. There is nothing better than being able to spend quality and intimate time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and in His Word. For many of us, this may look different from day to day. Check out my 20-piece digital quiet time Bible study bundle. It comes with six topical scripture writing plans to encourage and uplift you as well as to help you get into the Word of God. So if you're ready to dig deeper or simply ready to give your Bible study a boost, check out my 20-piece Quiet Time Bible Study Bundle and other digital Bible study resources at Jahira Print Shop. The link will be featured in the description box. And as always, I'd like to take the time out to say thank you to each and every one of you. I do hope and pray that you will be blessed.
You are listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back. And once again, the name and title of today's episode is The Blood of the Martyrs, Dying for the Faith, Part 2. And once again, this is episode number 140. So in today's episode, I am going to be covering... Two people and three incidents. So first up is none other than the Apostle Paul. Or known as Saint Paul. The Apostle who was previously Saul, of course, before his conversion to Christ on the road to Damascus. The Apostle Paul traveled and labored heavily For the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you know, Paul was kind of like the apostle to the Gentiles. You know, because of him, we have a lot of the New Testament, basically. So, yeah. Paul was also one of the apostles, not part of the twelve. However, he is or was an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he's also one of the apostles who suffered under the persecution of Emperor Nero. Now, according to Fox's Book of Martyrs, Abdias is to have said that Nero sent two of his esquires, Fariga and Parthemius to bring word to him when Paul was dead. It is also said that both Phariga and Parthenius instead desired that the Apostle Paul would pray for them both that they also might believe in Jesus Christ. And after the Apostle Paul had prayed with them and told them what they should do after they had believed and received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, he also suggested that they should also be baptized. And after Paul had finished speaking with them, the soldiers came and they led him out of the city to the place where he was to be executed. And after he had finished praying, it is said that Paul, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, gave his neck willingly to the sword. Wow. Now, isn't that something? So up next is, of course, none other than my favorite Apostle. I love Paul as well. So both Paul and this one. But this one is my favorite 
all the apostles. And I guess because there was a lot of things I could relate to him with. But from a young child, he was always my favorite out of the 12. And of course, it's none other. If you've listened to my other episodes, I'm sure by now some of you might know who it is. But just in case you don't, it is none other than, of course, the Apostle Peter. Or also known as Saint Peter. Now, like many other saints who were condemned to death, so was also the Apostle Peter. Now, according to Fox, Hegesippus, Nero had it out for Peter and sought matters to be held against him so that he could put him to death. In other words, he searched out any and everything that he could think of. That's how wicked Nero was. Just so that he would be able to use it against Peter to have him killed. That's how much he wanted Peter dead. Kind of reminds you of the devil, doesn't it? And when the people got word of Nero's evil intentions, they pleaded with Peter to run for his life from the city before Nero accomplished his wicked intent towards him, which of course was to put him to death. And of course, at first, Peter didn't quite listen. But then eventually, as they continued to persuade him, he decided to listen after much convincing from the people. And he decided to make a run for his life. Now, according to Fox's Book of Martyrs, this is what it says. And this is a direct quote. But coming to the gate, he saw, he being Peter, the Apostle Peter, he saw the Lord Jesus Christ come to meet him, to whom he, worshiping, said, Lord, whither dost thou go? To whom he answered and said, He being Christ answering and said, I am come again to be crucified. By this it says that Peter perceiving his suffering to be understood instead of running returned back into the city. And according to Jerome who said that he, of course being Peter, was crucified with his head being down and his feet upward. In other words, he was crucified upside down. Himself requiring because he said that he was unworthy to be crucified after the same form and manner as the Lord Jesus Christ was. Now, in 2020, I did a character study, a very in-depth character study of Peter. That's before I even know about, you know, I knew about this book. And when I did the research, um, it said that both Peter and his wife were both crucified on the same day. 
And they both, you know, went to the cross rejoicing, knowing that that very day they would be in heaven with none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But of course, here it says in this book that he was running from the city and as he was running, he saw the Lord at the gate and asked the Lord, where are you going? And the Lord answered him. The Lord Jesus Christ answered him and said, I am come again to be crucified. And it is said at that point, he understood what his suffering was to be or what his death was to be. And he returned back to the city. And when I um, read this, I was like, wow, I never read that part. And it's, I mean, this was the same Peter that denied Christ three times. This was the same hothead Peter that, yeah, took off the soldier's, you know, ear in the Garden of Gethsemane when they came to arrest Jesus. It's the same Peter that would put his foot in his mouth. Hmm. Today, as we see because of the history that has been recorded, praise God, thank God, we see a complete different Peter who, of course, became, I guess you can say, kind of like the leader of the 12. So, I, you know, that was really amazing to, to see that, you know, Christ came to meet him. That, that was amazing. It truly was. I was, I was like really touched by that. I was like, wow, I never read that before. And I truly thank God for the person I was listening to a Christian podcast and he spoke about this book. It was, um, Dr. Jonathan Hansen from the warning radio podcast, warning ministries. And I was like, Hmm, I got to get that book. And I ordered this book, I think like two years ago, but I never had a chance to get into it until earlier. Well, mid this year, actually. And I was like, uh-uh, uh, so we're going to have a lot of stuff coming out of this book. Trust me, it's important, especially in this day and age with a lot of things that we see that are going on, you know, in the world today. We see something that is called a church that looks nothing like the Bible. Now, that's not every church, of course, but a lot of the churches are so-called churches that are on the front line being focused that people think is the actual church in reality is in no way a representation of the true church of the Bible or of church history. So let's move on. So next we will be covering one out of 10 events. So the first event will be featured in this episode. And then the next episode, I guess we'll feature another three. So this one is going to be the first of the 10. And actually it is the background or history of the 10 primitive persecutions. This one being the first persecution of the 10 primitive persecutions. The first persecution of the church took place in 67 AD, Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, 
I remember learning that in school in the Caribbean. And of course, this persecution took place under none other than the son of Satan, Emperor Nero, who was the sixth emperor of Rome. And he reigned as emperor of Rome for five years. Some of the most atrocious and, you know, barbarities happened during his reign. And among some of his diabolical whims, he ordered that the city of Rome be set on fire. Now tell me, how wicked can someone really be? He was so wicked that he ordered that the city of Rome be set on fire. And of course, it was carried out as part of his command by his officers, his guards, as well as his servants. And according to John Fox, while the city was inflamed or under flames, he went up to the tower of Messinus and played his harp and sung the song of the burning Troy while he also openly declared that he wished the ruin of all things before his death. Now, due to the fire, many other palaces and houses were utterly, completely destroyed. Thousands upon thousands of people perished in that fire that day. Some were smothered by the smoke. You had others who were buried alive beneath the ruins. And that fire in particular, it is said to have lasted nine whole days. And of course, when Nero found out that he was greatly blamed because of what he had done, and of course, this left a stain, a very stench odor, not just in the city, but also on his character. You see, he was more concerned about his character than he was concerned about the innocent people who perished at the hands of his wickedness. It is also said that when he had determined that his character was being affected by it, what he did was to lay the entire blame of that particular incident of the city of Rome being lit on fire. He laid the entire blame on none other than the Christians. Just so that he can excuse himself. And this also gave him the ability and also the opportunity of doing what he loved best. Which, of course, was using that as a means and a way of putting his sight on executing a whole nother level of new cruelties. And of course, from this stemmed the first persecution and barbarities that were exercised on Christians. It is also said that Nero 
even refined the type of cruelty. And he also contrived all manner of punishment upon the Christians that the most infernal imagination could design. Just imagine that. And clearly, he was none other than of his father, the devil. Clearly. Nero had some of the Christians sewed up in skins of wild beasts. And then he had them eaten by dogs until they expired. Others, he dressed them in shirts that were made stiff from wax. And they were also fixed to axle trees. Now, I needed to know what was an axle tree. So I had to look it up. So according to dictionary.com, an axle tree is a bar or beam of wood or iron connecting the opposite wheels of a carriage on the ends of which the wheels revolve. So this is what he affixed some of the Christians to. And he then set on fire these very same Christians that he sewed up and ski- the ones he sewed up in skins, he had those, you know, eaten by dogs. He sewed them up in the skins of wild beasts. And then he had the dog, the dogs eat them up. But then the others that he dressed in these particular shirts that were made stiff and wax, I guess, so they couldn't move. And of course, he affixed them to the axle trees. What he did afterward with them was he placed them in his garden And he set them afire in his gardens in order to illuminate them, it is said. Now, this type of persecution occurred throughout the entire Roman Empire under his reign. However, it is said that this did not in any way, form, or fashion diminish the spirit of Christianity. But yet, How is it the spirit of Christianity is diminishing in today's society? If they, in no way, form, or fashion, diminished the spirit of Christianity during that time when they were facing these harsh, it's not even, you can't even consider them persecuted. This is barbarities. I mean, these were atrocities. It is said instead it increased and it was during this time that both the apostle paul as well as the apostle peter who were both listed as saint paul and saint peter during this time which of course is the first persecution of the 10 is where both paul and peter were both martyred So they were part of the first persecution of the 10 primitives. The 10 primitives, I'm sorry. Now, there were also 
others who were martyred as part of the first persecution of the 10, along with... Now, some of the names who were also added to the list at the same time of the persecutions under Nero, in addition to Paul, the Apostle Paul, as well as Apostle Peter, we also had Erastasus, who was the Chamberlain of Corinth. You had also Aristarchus, the Macedonian, and Tremphemus, the Ephesian, who was converted by the Apostle Paul, who was also a fellow laborer with him, Barsabbas. And we had also Ananias, who was the bishop of Damascus. They were all part of the 70 who were executed under the Emperor Nero in what is known as the first persecution of the 10 primitive persecutions in 67 AD. So in other words, under the first persecution of the 10, there were 70 people who were martyred, who were killed under Nero. And of those 70 people, we had the Apostle Paul as well as the Apostle Peter. So they were part of the first persecutions of the church. So we have come to the end of that part of the blood of the martyrs as far as the church history. Today's church is extremely spoiled. Today we have a lot of edifices, you know, flat screen TVs and stages and they have big followings, large numbers, whatever the case may be, jets, planes, you name it, they have it. And for many people who may not know, who genuinely and truly do love the Lord, that might be their idea of the church. But in reality, it is not the true church. The true church is the church of the Bible and the church that the church history speaks about. Today's church or churches, or we say back whom churches, Check out the R, are filled with false prophets, as in P-R-O-F-I-T-S. Not to be confused with the true prophets of God, spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Today's churches are filled with all sorts of scandals. Today's churches also openly affirm all different types of sin that God and his word clearly condemns or called sin or even an abomination. We also currently have quite some stuff that are going on in the news. We have 
Mr. Brian Houston, former pastor of Hillsong, who is said to have started a new church. God help us. My question is, exactly who has called these men? And maybe who knows, at one time, God probably did call some of them. Now, clearly he didn't call all of them. But there's some that he did call. And, of course, greed got the best of them. Now, is Mr. Houston someone that God probably called? I have no idea. If if you ask me, I'd say no, but then I'm not God. But for his track record, it just makes you wonder which God called him. But clearly, it's not the living one in heaven, not the one that the Bible speaks about. It must be the one of mammon or the God of this world, Satan, because is no way in the world it could be the living God of heaven. This, you know, it could never be our Father who art in heaven. You know, the rock of our Savior, Jesus Christ, is impossible. But then again, who knows? God can call someone and they can fall off. They can. But either way, it's not looking good. Now, I believe it was... I think it was late last month. We had a pastor by the name of Hans Schmidt of Arizona who was shot in the head while preaching on a street corner in Arizona, as he always did. One of the decisions that I've also decided to include in this particular ongoing series, which is entitled Blood of the Martyrs, is also like to include a story from somewhere around the world where people have either been martyred or they're facing persecution in today's society as part of the church. So that's something that I will be adding also to this series, once again entitled The Blood of the Martyrs. There's also a couple of other things that I want to share in this particular episode today. Now, unless you've been under a rock, and there are times, yeah, I am under a rock. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't have any cable because I don't, I don't care for the cable. So a lot of times I might get my news from Redacted or some Christian podcast or I see something that was shared on YouTube. Uh, other than that, I would not really like know anything. So let me start with the first story. The first story that I want to share here is I was just talking about Pastor Hans Schmidt, who was shot late last month as he was evangelizing on a street corner in Arizona. So I just want to give a little update. Now, this story is taken from churchleaders.com 
And this actually is an update that was given actually last Friday. So it's about a week old. Now it says here on Friday, December 22nd, Zulia Schmidt, which is the wife of the street preacher Hans Schmidt, who was shot in the head on November 15th while preaching on the street corner not far from their church, shared a photo of her husband, Hans, of him awake in the hospital. He was in a hospital bed holding his three-month baby boy. And it says here, a quote from her reads, In the blink of an eye, our lives were changed, Zulia posted. And then she goes on to say, you are a living miracle. Every day I am amazed seeing you hold our baby boy once again, waving at our baby girl. You have a long way to go, but God will carry you through. And then, of course, um, she concludes her post by thanking everyone who, of course, has been praying for her husband and their family. And she asked them to please continue to pray. And I definitely will continue praying. And I, I definitely am so glad to hear that, you know, he is doing much better, even though, you know, he still has a way to go. But we still give God thanks for how far God has brought him because he was shot in the head and up to yet they don't know who did it but he was shot and it was also stated I think that he drove himself home until like he passed out and they had to take him to the hospital it's such a blessing to see that no matter what God is still with us because he could have been dead but he's still here because you know what? God still has use for him here. And I'm so glad to know, as well as many others, that he's finally awake. And that at least he is holding, you know, he was holding his baby boy, as well as waving to his daughter. Um, from my understanding, I don't think he can speak. But eventually, I guess that will come in time. But we thank God that he's alive. We thank God also that he's awake and we thank God each day for each day that he improves and that he continue to improve in the name of Jesus and that he's able to continue when that time comes to continue to do the work that God has called him to do. And we give God thanks for his life as well as for his ministry. And we thank God also for his family and we continue to keep him and his family as well as his ministry in prayer. So up next, uh, we have a big one. I'm sure everyone has heard about it by now unless you've been under a rock. And yeah, there's some days I am under a rock. Because yeah, I don't have cable because I don't want cable. There's a lot of stuff I don't care to, you know, to, to look at. If I want to look at a movie, there's a lot of wonderful, you know, Christian drama channels that produce some of the most life-changing movies and series out there that has a godly message 
that one can learn from. So I have no interest in having internet. I mean, excuse me, in having cable. So a lot of times I don't know what's going on. And oftentimes I'll get my news either on Facebook if someone shares something, YouTube, or if I'm listening to one of my many Christian podcasts, you know, maybe someone will mention something and then I'll go further and look up on it. So there are times, yeah, I myself can be under a rock. But in this case, I wasn't under a rock. And if I was, I, 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 I think by now it would have found me under the rock. And of course, it is the story of none other than Pastor T.D. Jakes of the Potter's House that has been trending. And it's a, a complete mess and a complete disgrace to God, our Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and to God's kingdom. It truly is. You know, when I was being raised in the Caribbean back then, I was raised by a grandmother. And I keep saying I have to do an episode. Got a lot of episodes to do. Okay. Um... And something that she would always, I would always hear her say. And she would say to me, or she would just say it in general, but I know at times she would say to me too. And it, she used to say, it wasn't just her alone, because it was like a, one of those sayings that the elders had. And it would, it would go, it, show me a company. And I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. So yes. So here we have that's really growing like wildfire. And it's of course. It's a story based on allegations that have been leveled against Pastor T.D. Jakes. Pastor and founder of the Potter's House that he built. As he said, today I'm going to be reading this story from the hub pages. And it says the T.D. Jake scandal has forever changed the church. Indeed it has. And there has been a prophetess on YouTube, but she's not the only one. I mean, I can't remember the other people's names. But I do remember her name because I am subscribed to her channel. And she did a couple of prophecies. It could be either two or three. But either way, I, I remember seeing two, but it could be more on him prior to this happening. About God exposing him and he would be in one of the biggest scandals of all time. And here we are. Indeed. God's word has come to pass because here it is. And like I said, unless you're under a rock and even as big as this is, it'll find you under the rock. Hopefully the rock rock. So this is what this article goes on to say. It asks the question, can the church survive? The real church? Yes. 
it will always survive. If those from back then that were persecuted under those persecutions like Nero and Constantine and those, you know, the, uh, the church history church, what, if they were able to survive, then of course, yes, we can survive. So this is what this article says. It says, whether Thomas Dexter Jakes is proven guilty or cleared of the allegations against him, the church at large will never be the same. And I truly hope so. Because a lot of what is being represented as the church is not the true church. So if it is changed, where that which looks like the real thing that is not the real thing, if that can change, then it's a blessing. Because, you know, we are currently in a time right now, we don't know when Christ is coming. But indeed, we know he is coming. And like someone said last night, we don't know when, because of course the Bible tells us we don't know when. And Jesus himself told us, he said, not even the son knows. The only person that knows is God himself. But we know this. Either way, Jesus is already at the door. And I remember years ago, while I was still under my former pastor in New York City at that time, he did an illustration of Jesus being at the door. You know, a lot of times, sometimes we can read scripture. We just read, but not really getting the, the whole gist of the seriousness of it. And I remember that particular Sunday. He was reading that particular passage of scripture of where Jesus was saying he at the door. But then he went and he demonstrated. And when he demonstrated it, because I normally would sit close to the door. Because there was a nice bench that used to be there and my back had, you know, bad back problems. And the hardness of the bench, I could, it, it helped me a lot. So I would sit there and he stood at the door as, you know, as an illustration to what he's saying. And he put his hand on the doorknob to demonstrate what Jesus trying to say to us or what, or what he is trying to say to us because the word is still alive and still very much relevant today. And he said, and he was showing us Jesus isn't coming to the door. He's already at the door. His hand is on the doorknob. But he's just waiting for the time when the father says, go in. In other words, that's when he will come. And the key is, how many of us, including my own self, will be ready? Each day I try my best to prepare myself because I don't want to be left behind. 
Now you got some folk that believe in pre, some believe in mid, some believe in post. Whether you believe in pre, mid, or post does not matter. Either way, there is going to be a rapture, whether it's pre, mid, or post. Either way, depending on what category you fall in as far as your beliefs. But either way, there will be a rapture. And like I said, whether it's pre, mid, or post, because there are those who believe in the pre, but then you have those that say, no, it's mid. Then you have those who believe in the mid, but the posts say, no, it's post. But either way, because none of us know when exactly. Even though I do believe it's pre, or I want it to be pre. Either way, Jesus is coming. And he's already at the door. And if we are not properly dressed, kind of like the seven foolish virgins, where they didn't take that extra oil, and then they got locked out because they had to run back because the bridegroom came and they had enough oil, they left their oil at home, they weren't ready, but the the seven, um, excuse me, the five wise went in to the banquet. And then when the the foolish ones returned, they're banging on the door, but it was too late. So in other words, what I'm saying is each day we have to prepare ourselves. And that includes me. Because we don't know the date, the hour, or the time, but we do know he's coming. And I want to be found worthy if I'm still here when he comes. Whether it's pre, mid, or post, I want to know that I'm worthy to go because I don't want to stay behind here. Because if we get left behind here, then we're going to have to deal with some serious stuff. And Nero would kind of look like a saint compared to the Antichrist. And if right now the church can't even stand up against sin to call it out, well, how are you going to stand up to the sword? You're going to take the mark. And right now, this is not the time for none of us to be playing, let alone for us dealing with false prophet pastors that are leading people straight to hell that the only thing they care about are their pockets now that's not what I'm saying about Mr. Jakes I'm speaking in general so let's continue with what this article is saying here she asked the question can the church survive the true church will always survive God will always protect his people. The Bible tells us that. Until the day comes for him to remove us. It says here, There are two lines of thinking from believers in Christ, 
regarding the alleged transgressions of Bishop T.D. Jakes. Some are saying that he was mentoring P. Diddy and point out that Jesus spent time with regular people. That as a well-known pastor for him to hang out with Sean Combs, who has a notorious reputation, was not smart. Now it says here, a young lady by the name of Misha posted a video claiming that Kim Porter, who was the late mother of three of Sean Combs' children, gave information to the FBI that incriminates both Combs as well as Jake's. Now some church folk say Jake's mentoring Combs is one thing, but attending his parties which are allegedly filled with sexual activity, was not a wise move. T.D. Jakes has been referred to as America's pastor and a black Billy Graham, and millions around the world trust him as a spiritual advisor. If there are receipts in the form of videos and a flash drive that validate the accusations, there will be a lot of people whose lives will be affected by this. Well, for one, my, my life won't be effective because I don't follow him. Now, a few things I'm going to say here from this particular article. Um, number one, like the old heads used to say back then, show me your company and I'll tell you, who you are. If you hang with the thieves, that means you're a thief. How, why are you comfortable with the thief? Now, I do have friends that are not saved. But we ain't going clubbing together. Mm-mm. Okay, maybe we might go and grab a little lunch. But that's as far as we'll go. You understand? I ain't going clubbing. I ain't going to none of their parties because number one, I don't party. My days of partying are over. So if I'm mentoring someone, I ain't going to nobody's party to mentor them. Then you need to come to my office. I ain't got no office, but I'm just saying if I was a pastor and no, I can't be a pastor because I'm a woman. That's another thing that we have. That's another problem we have with the church. And then you have people arguing on this. There's nothing to argue about. The Bible is clear. God speaks clearly on it. There's a lot of things sometimes in the Bible you're like scratching your head like, okay, you know, I don't understand what it says there, but that's not one of them. It's even clear in the King James Bible, which at times the English is like, huh? <laughs> it's clear. There's no women pastors. Number one, why would you attend a P. Diddy party. That's number one. Number two. Not only did he attend this party. I mean. There's pictures out there. He is standing next to. This man. While. He is throwing up. <clears throat> the Freemason sign. Now do you think I'm going to take a picture with someone throwing up a Freemason sign? No I wouldn't. Unless you're part of the crew. 
So that's number one. Number two. Now, according to this article here, she states that, of, well, of course, he is a well-known pastor. We know that because everyone knows his name. But that doesn't mean he's a man of God. Maybe at one point he was. According to her article, she says here, T.D. Jakes has been referred to as America's pastor and as a black Billy Graham. And indeed, he has been referred to as such. Because I remember right after 9-11, I think it was on the cover of Time magazine. They referred to him as America's pastor and the black Billy Graham. Now, he might very well be the black Billy Graham. And that's a whole different topic as well. He might also be America's or referred to as America's pastor, but he ain't mine. I'm sorry. He, he never was. You know, even when I used to look at some of these false prophets and back then that I didn't know. And it just I just never gravitated toward towards him. So much less now that God has opened up my two eyes. He does not represent the entire church. And he definitely does not represent the true church of God. He doesn't. And also that is listed here in this article. It says that millions around the world trust him as a spiritual advisor. And that is true. But I am not one of the millions. Because the term spiritual advisor, that could go, you know, anyway. You have people who believe in ancestry and ancestors, and they call themselves spiritual advisors. It's a different between being a spiritual advisor and being a, and being a true servant of God. And what is so sad, you have true servants out there. Now, a servant of God can be in different capacities. It's not always just a pastor. You have the evangelist, you have the fivefold. You also have other people, prayer warriors, or if you serve in the name of Jesus, maybe feeding the poor, you're a servant. It's not just pastors. But right now, I'm speaking about the pastors, the ones that have a flock under them. There are many true men of God that are pastors out there. Most people don't even know their names. But because I love to listen to true pastors, because that's how I was brought up, hearing the true word of God. I didn't, I wasn't raised up hearing this sugar-coated, whatever it is, Dunkin' Donut type of gospel. I was always raised up hearing the true word of God. And yet at times, it cuts. Yes, it cuts, it cuts me too. But good, it needs to cut. Because it makes me to take note of things that I too need to change in my own self. 
But if I'm listening to a sugar-coated, Dunkin' Donut type of gospel, I'm going to think what I'm doing is okay. And that's what's the problem with the church today. What God calls sin, they are affirming and making excuses for. If God says it is wrong, it is wrong. If God says no women preachers, it's no women preachers. And when I say um, pastors, no woman should be leading a church. The Bible clearly tells us he ain't says she, it says he. <laughs> and he should be the husband of one wife. And what does the Bible speak about marriage? Go to Matthew 19 and read it. And this is the thing. I know I personally, I am tired. I'm really tired of seeing God's name, his son's name, and the true church just being dragged through the mud. Because all it takes is for one, and then they put us all in the same basket. And that's not true. There are some great pastors that are out there. But many people don't know their names because you know why? They don't have big followings. You know why? They don't have no support. You know why? Because, yeah, they don't have fancy looking churches. But guess what? They have the true living God. And they have the true Jesus Christ. Not the new age Jesus, but the one of the Bible, the one that died on the cross for our sins. That's the one they have. The one, and that's the one they preach. They're not busy going to PDD parties. They're not busy getting dressed in women's clothing. They're not busy having affairs with same sex or the opposite sex. They are busy trying to walk right and to do what God has called them to do to the best of their ability with whatever little that they have. And it's so sad because many of them, they do not get the support. And sometimes it hurts. And I'm like, if I had the money, I try to do whatever little I can. But it, how far can it go? Because I myself need. And the strangest thing, most of the so-called Christians would support the T.D. Jakeses and the true pastors that truly preach in the word of God, they wouldn't lift a hand or a finger to give a dime, much as a dollar, or forget the prayer. And that's sad. And I guess the Lord is just saying, you know, like, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Now, it's not for me to say whether he's guilty or not, because, you know, it's, it's, it's not for me to say, but I'm going to say this much. Show me your company, and I'll tell you who you are. As simple as that. So that's enough on him. I'm not going to go no further as far as that. 
because, yeah, it's just a waste of time. But it needed to be addressed because God is not to be mocked. And he said so himself, he's not a man, that he should lie. You know, we, we cannot take the grace that God has given to us and extended to us through his son, Jesus Christ. That was a heavy price that was paid. That's an expensive price. You can't even put a, you can't even put a price tag on it. And it's there for us that when we truly mess up, that we repent. And indeed, if he has done these things, well, we hope that at least he has enough sense to know well to repent and to come out of it. That's all I can say at this point. So now the last story that I want to feature here um, that is also in the news. And like I said before, I'm going to start sharing with, you know, each Blood of the Martyrs episode, a story out of the news from around the world of saints who are either being persecuted or martyred or who has been martyred daily because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you a story that comes out of Uganda. So the name and title of this article, and it also comes from Christian Post. This is a, 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 a very good place to see a lot of things that are going on in the world, especially with our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, that, of course, the mainstream media will never show you or tell you because they don't care. It says here, 10 Christians, including toddler, killed by Islamic extremists in Uganda. Now, Islamic terrorists on December 19th killed 10 Christians in Western Uganda, sources said. Members of the rebel allied Democrats, known as ADF from the Democratic Republic of Congo, mounted the attacks on Christians in Western Uganda. Uganda at around 2 a.m. According to the official, um, now this is a direct quote from one of the victims, the attack, the birth of Jesus said, we have to teach a lesson to these infidels for refusing our religion. Hmm. It is said that she also told the Morning Star News that she heard wailing close to her house. We think, and it says here, those who lost their lives were members of the Anglican Church of Uganda, the Pentecostal Church, and the Roman Catholic Church area, sources said. Now, according to Enoch, the chairperson of uh, I cannot pronounce that word, but anyway, it's this Ugandan village identified 10 Christians who were killed as well as a three-year-old toddler. And it's also said here that more than 200 people were able to flee, but the assailants burned down their 
houses. Richard Baguma, a 35-year-old member of the Anglican Church of Uganda, said he escaped but lost all his belongings, including his crops and farm products. Now, originally based in western Uganda, the ADF has operated in the neighboring DRC's north Kivu province since the late 1990s. Now, considered one of the most lethal of more than 120 armed groups in the eastern DRC, the ADF in 2019 split into two factions with one merging into the Islamic State Central Africa province. And it also goes on to read and says here, the U.S. government in 2021 designated the ADF as a foreign terrorist organization with links to the Islamic State. A Uganda People's Defense Forces spokesperson, General Felix, reportedly confirmed that ADF militants attacked the village early on December 19th, but gave no further details. And it is also said here that on June 6th of this year, an ADF splinter group was suspected in an attack on a school dormitory in Cassis district of Uganda, killing at least 37 students, of whom most of them were Christians. And also on October 17, the rebels killed a Christian tour guide along with a foreign married couple he was driving at a national park in Cassis District, which is near the DRC border. The December 19 attack was the latest of many instances of persecution of Christians in Uganda that Morningstar News has documented. Uganda's constitution and other laws provide for religious freedom including the right to propagate one's faith and convert from one faith to the other. Muslims make up no more than 12% of Uganda's population with high concentrations in eastern areas of the country. Just imagine, they make up 12% out of an entire population, but yet, they wreak so much havoc. My heart and my prayers truly go out to the families of these 10 people, including the toddler that lost their lives at the hands of these Islamic extremists. And my heartfelt prayers also go out to those who lost their homes and, you know, all their belongings because of their homes being destroyed by these extremists because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us that they hated him. So if they hated him and we say we are in him and we are of him, they are also going to hate us too. And he said if they loved him and they received him, then they will receive us. So the same way the church was persecuted 
back in the days of Paul and Peter. As we see here, in some parts of the world, we're seeing almost the very same things happening because of their faith in Jesus Christ. May their souls rest in peace. You know, may their souls rest in peace. So yes, at this point now, we have arrived at the end of this episode, the second part of the Blood of the Martyrs. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone on ahead of us and who were also great examples as they lived the life as children of God through your son, Christ Jesus, who died for our sins. We thank you, Father, for all those who gave their lives for the gospel. We also thank you for those who not only willingly dedicated their lives for the sake of the gospel, but also to those who willingly also gave their lives as well as their necks to the swords and their bodies for the cross. Just as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave his life legitimately for each and every single one of us so that we may have the opportunity to be free from eternal condemnation and eternal separation from you, O God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So now we have arrived at the quote of the episode. I love quotes. I just love quotes. And the quote for this episode reads, or is, a good Christian is bound to relinquish not only goods and children, but life itself for the glory of his Redeemer. Therefore, I am resolved to sacrifice everything in this transitory world for the sake of salvation in a world that will last to eternity. So once again, a good Christian is bound to relinquish not only goods and children, but life itself for the glory of their Redeemer. And of course, that quote was by none other than Mr. John Fox, author of Fox's Book of Martyrs. And also real quickly, I just want to um, say something real quickly that um, just came to my mind again. You know, even though in America we are still lucky up to this point that, you know, we are not facing persecution like what we read a few minutes, like what I read a few minutes ago that goes on in Uganda and in 
certain types of countries where Christians are hated because of their faith. We are very much still hated in this country by certain people because of our faith. But at least we still are not experiencing that, at least not yet. Is it coming maybe one day? Probably. However, we do experience persecution in many other forms. Gaslighting, um, you know, subtle way, you know, they do it in like subtle little ways. We, you know, we experience persecution sometimes in families. We experience it in some churches, some church circles. We also experience it on our jobs. Yeah, we do. We very much do. Very, very much do. So there are many of us that are experiencing persecutions on many different levels and in many different other forms. But either way, we must stand strong for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must not conform. We must not bend the knee to the world or to Satan and his antics, nor to Satan and his children. So yes. So once again, I'd like to take this time out to say thank you to each and every one of you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I do hope and pray that this episode or this podcast or this series has been a blessing to you. I pray that it will be a blessing to you. And if this episode, this podcast, or this series has been a blessing to you, please feel free to share it with others. Please feel free to subscribe to the Words of Encouragement podcast on iTunes.com. And I would just like to shout out to the person on iTunes that gave me one star. I just want to say this. May the God of heaven bless you abundantly in Jesus name. Yes, but the show will go on. You can also subscribe on Spreaker.com, Podomatic.com, and everywhere that podcast can be heard. It can also be found on Google Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, Deezer, and everywhere that podcast can be heard. You can also feel free to like and share and subscribe on either one of the above-mentioned platforms. Also, please feel free to check out my other podcast, which is entitled The Nuggets of Thankfulness Podcast, which is a devotional podcast that is featured on Spreaker.com, iTunes.com, and Google Play. I look forward to being with you on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. Remember that as long as there is still life, if you have not yet done so, it's, you still have time. Well, let me don't quite say that. It's not too late to accept Christ because we none of us know how long our time is here on the face of this earth. If you have not yet received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, do not wait until it is too late. Don't wait until it's too late. Now is the time. Now is the time. 
And if for whatever reason, at one time, maybe you believe, but you fell away. Well, now is the time to come back. So on that note, be blessed. I will see you or you will hear me in the next episode, which should be within a couple of days. So be blessed.